Good day, good day, our lovely, lovely listeners. This is J Mark again, broadcasting to you from a collection of a lot of different places, because obviously this isn't your normal everyday episode of Tabletop for the end of the world. Uh, I am here with our broadcast of amazing people, plus one new cast member, to announce and walk through a new show we are producing, uh, which working title right now, which we're probably going to stick with, is It Comes From Within. It is going to be another actual play podcast uh patreon exclusive because we are going to be launching a patreon soon and this show will launch in september uh but we'll release those first few episodes for all of you so you can get a little bit of a taste but for now we're going to go around in our collective internet circle uh as best as we can and introduce ourselves uh we're just going to go by this discord list here so if it's reading the same for all of you i see dory at the top on my end sweet hi yeah, so I'm Doria. I'm uh, just joining in. I'm really excited. I haven't played Call of Cthulhu before, but I have played a lot of D&D. Um, so hopefully things go well. Wonderful. And then, uh, of course, next is Mitchie. What's going on, everybody? Uh, you know me. I'm Mitch. I'm the DM from Tfue. And uh, I've never played this before. I'm excited to do so because I'm a huge HP Lovecraft fan. The next is uh, Yang. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right, right across the I'm Yang. Uh, I lost my arm and a couple more body parts, <laughs> but not for real. I'm Hezekiah. I play Yang, obviously, on the TCU cast. I uh, met J Mark about a year ago. We were playing D&D at Adventures Club and, met, and ruining everything. So, yeah, every time you ruin something, it's up Twilight. I understand why. Um, <laughs> uh, I've never played Call of Cthulhu, but obviously I've played a lot of D and D. I played D and D with my friends. I've played D and D with J Mark. Um, so I think this will be a I think this will be a great time. Next is uh, Torin Gesh. I am Manny. I voice Torin Gesh on TFU, and then also Manny. Uh, I have not played Call of Cthulhu, but I've read bunch of eldritch and lovecraftian stuff is that it oh yeah. yeah and then vert vatican all right so i played that Kevin is not his and, name sir uh well <laughs> it, it is on some days uh, so i i play kevin on uh tfu as well as uh vert vatican our lovely little murder gnome uh i have not played call of cthulhu before i think the closest that i've come is the munchkin uh, Cthulhu thing. Uh, so, yeah, this should be interesting. Oh, that's fun. Actually, it is, but we played it uh, yesterday. Oh, you're getting some practice on. Um, yeah, and once again, I am Jay Mark. I write the meta narrative, uh, co produce the show with Mitchie. Uh, I play Jay or Jay Mark in the meta world, and of course, Twilight, everyone's favorite uh, bard who gets into a lot of trouble. Um, but for this, for all intents and purposes, I am going to be everyone's collective, uh, as Mitch affectionately called it, Dungeon Daddy. Um, we're going to stick to that motif uh, because the term the for Call of Cthulhu is Keeper. A keeper. Yeah, because the, the, the term for Call of Cthulhu is Keeper. keeper so the, the motif stays, I'm the, I'm the Daddy Keeper. Daddy. Oh, it sounds like I keep daddies. I keep daddies always, and I, I, I basically pimp Once them you out. Beat it's great. All the daddies, you have to fight J Mark, who's the keeper of the daddies. <laughs> I am the keeper of the. Oh, shit. I might have to completely rewrite I this plot like line I've now. I have taken the wrong uh, <laughs> gear. I think my outfit may have, have been poorly selected. 
So true to form, uh, Mitch and I were talking a lot about like, wow, if we produce other shows, how are we going to go about this shit? And we've kind of established ourselves as this experimental D&D storytelling group. You know, I would like to believe, and I'm pretty sure it's true because we did a lot of research before producing TFU, uh, that we are doing something that no one has ever done before and making uh, our storytelling experience ever more complicated. And so for It Comes From Within, uh, we are still going to have that extra layer of storytelling that is entirely unnecessary, but should be really fun for the audience, if not confusing, uh, in which the Keeper, uh, played by me, is going to be an eldritch god uh, named Edmund. And they have taken real-life Doria, Mitch Monin, Hezekiah, Hezekiah, Manuel Lugo, and Kevin and Kevin Heil. Uh, real-life them, as in, like, as we are now as producers of Tabletop for the End of the World, and are apparently a fan of the show and decided they wanted to play a tabletop role-playing game with the kids. Uh, the added layer of twist is that rather than playing the game uh, normally, it's going to be kind of like an uh, uh, isekai an anime in which they're going to be transported into the minds and bodies of their characters after their quote unquote character development within the world of the uh, situation, which should be a lot of fun and really weird. So uh, uh, the other thing is we are always striving to improve our acting and improve our acting prowess. Uh, so uh, me in all my wisdom and really just terrible ideaness of it all, um, having everyone have accents, uh, specifically UK based accents. Um, and so what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of talk through what everyone's characters are um, and including what accents they're going to use, what their backgrounds are, and also expectations for this game and uh, doing it game zero, just like any other game zero of just what are people looking for and what are they hoping for? Uh, so who would like to go? first i volunteer hezekiah Ooh, wow. i like that better you know, okay. tell me to do oh my god all right fine. <clears throat> all right so i play a character he's a former raaf pilot uh he lives in the bush of australia his name's poiki um he's a real rough and tumble kind of guy you know he uh, used to be afraid of birds but he got over that fear pretty quickly when he was a child uh let's see anything else He's very uh, opinionated, a strong believer in what he, what he's like doing. Uh, he was a countryman, but he was dishonorably discharged because he is a former RAAF pilot after fighting with a superior officer. Because uh, you know, sometimes you just can't keep a good pilot down. So he's pretty disillusioned with the way the government runs. He's very anti-establishment. So he just flies people through the bush in his own little prop plane. So he's basically Maverick from Top Gun? Yeah. Right? Yeah? He's so, got the need. The, the need, need for, for speed. speed. Halfway and then he to like the... bites at a guy and, you know, it's kind of a little homoerotic, but we don't talk about it. That's actually really great later. because, like, Danger Zone is a great descriptor for Australia itself as a country. Yeah. How would playing with the boys sound in an Australian accent? I do live in a danger zone. <laughs> playing with the boys the song when they're playing volleyball uh, play oh shit the director knew what he was sound. doing why do you want to keep playing volleyball 
<laughs> Actually, fun fact, um, back when Top Gun was on Netflix, it wasn't labeled as an action movie. It was labeled as a romance, which really ups the homoeroticism of that entire <laughs> film. It is a romance. I mean, yeah. Val Kilmer seductively bites at Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, he, he does, and I'm him. into it. So He's let's get let's get a little bit of a how how you're gonna do with Pikey's voice here. Do a little bit of an intro. Uh, let's do this for everyone, actually. Oh, uh, let's try that intro of yourself as your characters, just so we can really get into the the Roman world. I of may it. not have been ready for this one, but uh, Pikey he sends people to the bush, yeah. And if they see a cassowary or a fucking rue, then it's on. They're on their own. Because Pikey's not going to save anybody. All right? I look out for me, myself, and my money. And that's def- technically mine. So that's me, myself, and I. I dig it. I'm into it. All right, who's next? I picked Australian because I've been low-key doing it since I've watched Kangaroo Jack. And I'm kind of okay at it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the basis. I'm absolutely about it. It is a um, Kangaroo Jack I- accent. Yes. All right, let's have a let's have Kev go. I'd like to say hello. Pretty sure this guy's gonna lose the accent and just start talking like the two guys from Kangaroo Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Or talk like Jackie Legs. I am Jackie Jackie Legs. Legs. (laughs) I'd like to say that means you'll end up starring on Blackish eventually. So I mean, good for him. So I'm playing a detective uh, whose name is Errol McKee. (laughs) He's uh, not exactly the swiftest of fellas. He he does handle himself well in a fight, though. Um, He's got his trusty little revolver. Nice 38 that uh, they issued him when he first came onto the force. Uh, His uncle got him into policing at a young age. He he got him interested in it. it. he has got himself into a spot of trouble with his uh, superiors. He's, he's not quite what they want um, in terms of uh, out and about in the public. Unfortunately for them, he's far too observant and uh, effective when he has to go and, and solve crimes or at least help with them. <laughs> Past that, he... Uh, he does have something of a, a right strong fear. We'll go with a strong fear of uh, snakes. He actually ran across, uh, a, he was at a shipyard once. He, he ran across a great big bundle of rope and they couldn't, couldn't go near it because it just reminded him too much of snakes. Uh, he doesn't wear kilts often actually he uh he, he has pants um but he keeps his father's kilt pin with him uh keeps it tucked into his rather ratty uh suit shirt so yeah it's Adel. Adel McGee. excellent um so just so it sounds like he's gonna be pretty different from vert how do you kind of plan on playing him differently um, like if you were to compare the two compare of them the two of them you know vert he was, Vert was originally supposed to end up being more of a support role with the occasional you know, blast of uh, damage. Uh, Vert is somewhat more deadpan. He's not exactly happy-go-lucky um, in terms of how he approaches problems. Uh, this fella is going to be a little more reserved in how he approaches things, and he's going to... to focus a little more in on the details of, of the situation. Um, he's 
probably not going to barrel into his his situations in terms of combat. Um, kind of a, a similarity, at least with very, you know sitting off to the side and, and moving in when he has to. But um, it's more going to be trying to to detect and to reason out what's going on, um, and you know ask questions first and shoot maybe. Ooh, so he's going to be more of a talker too. So that's exciting yeah, as hell. He, um, you know, through the sheet is more of his skills are in identification and uh, you know, like figuring things out. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Cool. All right, um, Mitchy, you said you had your sheet up. Did you want to go next? Yeah, got my sheet up. The name's Sean. I. Uh, I worked at textile mill for a while with my dad, and there was, uh, there was an accident. And after that, I've been living on streets. And uh, I think I think one day I'm gonna be able to steal the most expensive thing in the world. Then I can have my own factory. I'll run it safely. And none of my workers are going to die. Um, just for the audience, because I, I freaking love this. What's your character's full first and last Sean, name? Sean. Uh, my last name is Nanigans. <laughs> Sean Nanigans. Uh, my father was Richard before he fell into some textile equipment. His uh, name was Dick Nanigans. Dick Nanigans. Oh my god. This is so so You can hear the tone in his voice where he doesn't realize he caused that joke. <laughs> Dick um, Nanigans. So I'm I'm so excited for for you, Mitch, because this is really your first time getting to within the context of the show, getting to play in this space of not DMing and running a game. Not to mention that, like, so um, as you all have known over the year, we've almost year we've been doing this show. Uh, obviously, Mitch, Manny and I have known each other for a long time. And generally speaking, uh, first off, Mitch was the one who got us into tabletop in the first place. But he's generally always been in a DM role for us. So I guess for you, uh, from your perspective as our dungeon daddy within TFU, what are some things that like you're looking for? What are some challenges you're anticipating or stuff like that i imagine i will jump into this and i'll get to show off my ability to mess with a dm as opposed to you guys messing with me <laughs> lovely i am gonna try my best to outthink you on your feet and see if there are ways to like i i personally like dming because i think most characters are combat centric and I find that boring because it's like, okay, anyone, any player is going to make the numbers that make the problem go away. But I really get excited with the characters who are not good at fighting with the characters who have to talk their way out and think their way out. So I am going to be here trying to use my collection of, more unusual abilities, non-combat centric character abilities to try to beat you at your own game here. I love that. And I, I especially love that because Call of Cthulhu is not a combat heavy uh, platform either. I mean, you're going to find yourselves in situations where 
Honestly, if you try to fight, you are likely going to die. And so the idea is to really think on your feet. Um, I'm going to try to limit as much as possible how much you can just roll your way out of situations and have to really actively think your way through puzzles and clues and all that stuff. So I love that you're down for it. I'm afraid also because I'm getting the sense that you feel that all my decisions I've made as Twilight have been actively to piss you off. When in reality, it's not. Obviously, (laughs) all of my decisions were to piss him off. They have been. We have to think. <laughs> I was not told. You, so you're what not, you're saying is, I should prepare Vincent Damnos's like fifty identical twin brothers whenever he dies. <laughs> well, um, we're we're actually going to get into the implications for that with a with a show like this uh, later on. But I'll tell you about that too. Um, who's next? Do do we want to do Manny or Doria? Actually, let's do Manny. Honestly, man, I'm going to throw you under the bus here because, like, Doria is our newest cast member, and I want her to have some time to shine. Yes. So, uh, but, but yeah, tell, tell us about uh, Vincent Damnos, uh, and then throw in that little voice of yours as well. I was originally going to go with a piratey accent, but uh, I realized that would be a lot of work, so I chose another one that would be a lot of work. Okay. More I chose to do Orcish from Warhammer 40k, <laughs> which is kind of like Cockney, except a lot dumber. Okay. Weez be Vincent Damnus. Weez was a four to former <laughs> shooter boy. Oh so my! I love it. <laughs> okay, so hold on. We have. Can you just be <laughs> in <have> work? <laughs> We have some things we have Please. to consider. First of all, your education level is way too high to be talking like that. That's, yes. <laughs> that's the joke. I didn't even mean to roll that high. No, I love it. I love the idea of your character talking like, like it's it's a it's like a code switching thing. Your character talks like that, but you're pretty damn intelligent and I'm into it. Um, OK, keep going. Just keep describing Vincent Damnos and I'm I'm here for it. We was a former soldier with me best mate, Jim Marcus. <laughs> One day, while God in the docks, a creature, a kill boy, came out to water. Kills me best mate. Came after me. I got its eye with me mate's revolver. <laughs> that is fucking good. Tell us a little bit more about the differences. Like I kind of sense it already, but the major differences between Torin Gesh and uh, Vincent Damnos here. He's more human. Well, obvious. I meant like personality-wise, my dude. Like how you plan on playing him? Um, Even though it's kind the of time like frame, I plan on him choices. being a lot less racist. Well, that's also, good. Also, uh, no religion. He's an atheist. No god would let a creature like what killed poor Jim exist. Did you do that just to be petty? I'll never tell. <laughs> okay, but no, I think that's really interesting, though, because, like, obviously Torn is hyper-religious. He tried to pick a fight with a cleric who was feeding people because he had a different god. That's also going to be interesting for how you play your character. Um, you may very well be more likely to go mad sooner because you're a bit of a doubting Thomas. So I'm interested in seeing how, as a character, you rationalize away. I mean, he's willing to believe in creatures because he already has fought Oh, just one, not in God. But the elder gods will fuck yeah, with him. that's exactly what I'm thinking. Um, so, like, if he sees a deep one, he'll fucking shoot the shit out of it. I, but uh, if he runs into actual Cthulhu, well... We all already die if we run into action. Oh, and that was in game so one, too. Should I not do that? Term. 
No, I'm just kidding. Um, excellent. <laughs> I love it. I'm not the tank this time, though, because my current HP is only 11. That's okay. Uh, we won't need to worry about tanks in this game. Not really, anyway. I'm going to try not to. Like, any such... My yeah. sanity is 45. Just, just and remember, my you're, is you're pretty much just a human in Call of Cthulhu, so yeah. you can tank things pretty much as well. Some of the things we're up against, human, are like, yeah. you may as well just be hit with a train. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I did, I did a, like, decently high dodge and survival, and I made sure my handgun firearm skill is the highest skill. And I can repair most things mechanically. He's only okay at climbing and stealth. Awesome. And now we have the astounding Doria. Uh, if you would like, by all means, please let us know about your character and also like a little bit about how you got dragged into this hot mess. She joined the wall. Um, OK, so, yeah. Hi, my name is um, Harriet Adderley. I do go by Harriet, though, and I'm really excited. I, I really don't know. Wait, what's hold on. Going I'm sorry. Happen. You said your name is Harriet um, Adderley just... and you do go by Harriet. I, yeah, but I go oh, by Harry, <laughs> so yeah, don't, don't call me Harry if you can. Um, and yeah, so I, my background is just, I have a very large family. We have a very large business. I've been sort of trained in the family business, which is not necessarily uh, above board in most ways, but, um, yeah, we, I think we do good work and I'd like to continue doing good work with all of you. I think it'd be really fun. She just slid right into the voice. Like it was nothing. Doria is exciting because, uh, Doria and I work at the same day job. And so we ran into each other because one day at my day job, I wrote on a whiteboard where everyone can see, Hey, want to play Dungeons and Dragons? Shoot me an email. Uh, and then our friendship started there. Uh, she joined a D and D game that I started running, uh, where I was the dungeon daddy and it was very exciting. Uh, and then found out there are other common interests we had and that we're basically, uh, the same person just like separated by years by race and gender gender yeah and yeah yeah in time in time probably. time I, are, are we this similar age oh well um i mean i was born in the 1930s <laughs> oh, so. that's that's clever um yeah so uh could you tell us a little bit about kind of your role-playing experience and what you're kind of hoping to bring to the table as well yeah, so uh, the character I built is definitely a con artist or like a swindler. And so I was hoping to like have a little bit of flexibility with the role. My background is not necessarily in role playing. I did a lot of Shakespeare, but that's about it. Um, so just I, I don't know. I think it's a cool, exciting way to sort of mix things that I've been interested in the past. Um, plus this new game. I also really like puzzles like I do logic puzzles for fun. So I'm yeah, super no, down this for is that. exciting um, for me. This is my first time playing slash running Call of Cthulhu. Uh, I really wanted to do a horror themed game, but we've already had a lot of comparisons to the Adventure Zone. Um, and so uh, as badly as I wanted to do uh, the the game they're running right now, the monster one, what's it called? Wow, we, we literally played this for my bachelor party oh. and I don't remember. Wow. Uh, monster of the Week. Yeah, um, because the zone cast. Uh, uh, is literally running uh, Monster of the Week. I was like, well, if we do that, it's going to be way too closely related to the Adventure Zone, a lot more than I'm comfortable with. Lawsuit number 16. Yeah. 
so we we gotta we gotta play it safe and we gotta make sure we're really setting ourselves apart um and we are in a lot of ways and so for this podcast um I, I'm a big believer in I will never make someone do something unless I do it myself and especially unless I do it myself and make it more difficult for myself. Just so you know, camaraderie. Um, so in this podcast, I'm going to be working on a lot of different accents uh, in a lot of different accents, uh, specifically for Edmund. I'm going to sound a lot like this. I'm going to sound extremely foppish. Uh, sometimes my voice is going to be extremely high and sometimes it's going to get extremely deep, uh, similar to what I'm doing with Twilight, except a lot more sinister. Actually, uh, Edmund is a lot of fun. Uh, you're going to get to know the character going forward. Uh, but so that everyone is aware, uh, you, the audience, as well as the cast here, Edmund is technically on your side. They want you to be successful in their game. But the reason they want you to be successful is because they want you to keep playing the game. So... Essentially, uh, you'll learn all of this in the first episode, uh, but you're essentially... It's all about it's the, all game. About the game. And and exactly. game. And it's all about control. And if you can take it, yeah, it's it. Um, so yeah, uh, it's been extremely exciting for me. I've been learning a lot of different UK-based accents. Uh, if I really want to, I can talk with a Cockney one. Uh, but essentially... Um, Edmund created this world and you all are to play in the little bit of a playground, but there are a lot of twists to it. And that's what I would like to get into next. And so to drop the accent for a second, uh, Manny, you mentioned dying and having multiple characters like set up, uh, like, uh, let me guess you're ripping off Kojima and death is not the end of the game, but merely a safe state. (laughs) Uh, not quite. So, Here's the twist. Your characters are going to be put into the bodies and minds of your characters, which means you're going to have all of their memories from your character backgrounds. Uh, You're going to be forced to use their accent. So in this first episode, when our when our cast is introduced, um, they're going to talk like themselves as themselves in real time. Twenty nineteen, when they are transported to this world, Edmund has created their first words are going to be with the accent. And that's something they're going to have to deal with. And they're going to have to deal with sharing essentially the mind and memories of another person in their head, except they're in. In the control seat uh they're in control and all that's going to happen death is going to be very much present and it's going to be very much there and i'm still working through how i want to handle it yes. because um i may I, i'm not actually i may delete this but i'm explain i mean in call of cthulhu games like nine out of ten characters you have will die that's just the point of the game yeah. you lose you lose yeah but also human. as the keeper i don't necessarily have to make that a thing um I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but I'm saying within the realm of how we're building this story, how do I want to make it happen? Uh, One thing I do want to keep in mind, uh, I may delete this for the audience's sake, but just so you all are aware, uh, for those of you who've read the rules, as you know, Call of Cthulhu uh, has bouts of madness. So whenever you see something that's a little bit too intense and a little bit too shocking and you don't draw uh, roll well on your sanity checks, uh, you'll have a bout of madness, which can lead to you losing time. The way this is going to manifest is you yourselves are going to be mentally transported back to the void where Edmund hangs out and have a therapy session, um, which is which essentially <laughs> is Edmund doesn't understand why you're there, but it's down to hang out because why the hell not? And the real Vincent Damnos and the quote unquote real Harry and the real Sean Nanigans take the wheel. Uh, so to speak. Uh, and so whatever happens throughout that is what you all are going to have to deal with. 
Um, so though, so we become an NPC. Uh, you become an NPC, uh, but you're going to voice that NPC, and so those sections uh, are going to be scripted, uh, where you go batshit crazy and things are happening, <laughs> and you're going to kind of have to witness, uh, either witness or not even be aware of what's happening, and it should be really great, and I'm really excited to see what that entails. And so the question then is, when you die, does that mean that? Uh, I, Edmund just puts you in the mind of another person, or does that mean you're just not in the show anymore? And those are the questions worth asking: is what what does that mean for the show as a whole if you die and it leads to a perma death uh, within the context of the show itself? Um, and you know that's a uh, that's the type of stuff I like to play with. Wait, I can become my spare character for Tfue. Terry Gash. <laughs> yeah, um, Edmund as a character is enigmatic and charming and creepy and weird and a whole bunch of things. Um, but they, they're kind of childlike. I will say they, they want to play. Uh, their goal is to play and have fun. The, the whole point of having you all in this little thing is, um, this idea of cosmic horror that they either ignore humans and pay no heed or play with humans the same way kids would like burn ants alive with a mic with a magnifying glass uh, in the sunlight. And so Edmund is just there to play. Uh, the description for Edmund is very fun. They are uh, my height, which, yes, I'm specifically doing that so I can cosplay him easily. Um, <laughs> now, they're actually their height changes constantly, uh, but they have a uh, tail suit. Um, it's black with hold on. I wrote their description. I should read that. Give me a second to make sure I have my life together. There we go. Okay. So Edmund is the keeper. Uh, they look to be mid-20s as far as you can tell, but you can only see the bottom of their face uh, because they're wearing half of a white mask. You know, like the Jabberwocky mask? It's like that, except it's cut from, like, the nose down, essentially. So you can see their mouth so they can speak very clearly to you. 5'6", uh, weights 120. Very thin eye colors as black as the darkest popo void uh, <laughs> hair is black and perfectly coiffed underneath the top, top hat. But when angered, it, the hair slithers like tentacles. The skin tone is mocha brown. Um, and uh, yeah, they wear a tailcoat suit with a green and black bow tie, green suspenders under the tailcoat suit. And they carry a cane. Uh, he carries a cane with him, but with tentacles wrapped up and down it that kind of slither and writhe and seem to be alive uh, and a gold ring with bright glowing emeralds. And uh, yeah, they're extremely posh. They talk like this. They have an excellent time doing it. And they just want you to play the game, uh, which is extremely exciting. And so... The way this Patreon show is going to work and kind of my expectations moving forward. Uh, like I said, it's my first time uh, being the game master for Call of Cthulhu. So it's definitely going to be a bit of a learning curve. Uh, what's wonderful about the format that we do in terms of making shit up as we go to make it more difficult is we always have contingencies and excuses. You know, like if if Edmund, if J Mark gets the rules wrong, what that really means is Edmund either doesn't care about the rules or didn't care enough to read about the rules. <laughs> so we have, we have contingencies always. Um, if sound equipment goes wrong, we could say it's something happening within this world, uh, that Edmund is influencing. And that's honestly my favorite thing about us making these shows is that we have contingencies for covering up mistakes and making them seem very intentional. And I will never tell you when it's intentional. <laughs> um, 
my goal is for you all to feel fear. Some of my fondest memories of playing tabletop role-playing games are when I was so immersed in the story, where even though there would be times of humor and times of laughing, where I would feel very genuine joy or fear or uh, love or anything, just very genuine emotions. And that's what I want our audience and you, the players, to get out of this. Same with characters like Sean Nanigans or the very ridiculous speaking Vincent Damnos. I want you all to feel connected to your characters and to each other and to explore the space of like, wow, there's some really messed up shit happening here. And I have really wonderful ideas, both from the um, we call it the meta perspective for Tfue. Um, I think for this, I'm going to call it the Eldritch line. The Eldritch story. Uh, I have some exciting ideas for the Eldritch storyline, uh, which is you all kind of playing along with Edmund's game while simultaneously trying to find out like how to get out of this situation. Cause that is something you have to figure out and uh, you have to figure out how you're going to communicate with each other. Cause when you talk to each other as of now uh, and the way the show is planned out, you're going to be speaking with those accents and people are going to hear you talk and people are, and NPCs are going to respond to you talking about things that don't make sense within their world, uh, which is a lot of fun. So you have full memories of 2019. You can make references to 2019 and seeing Marvel movies and all that good shit, but you, uh, (laughs) people are going to be confused and I'm very excited for seeing what that brings to the table and what that entails. So kind of, Moving into the next phase of this conversation and this bit of a game zero, I would love to know more from everyone about like what you're anxious about uh, and what you're excited for and what you're hoping you get out of this experience as well as what the audience gets out of it. What's kind of stuff that you want to avoid that you feel like would take away from the experience as well. And uh, whoever wants to go, by all means, go ahead. I mean, I have my fair share of concerns. I don't know. I just, it's my first time recording with You're you guys. Fired. I'm, I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, learning the dynamic of you guys will be interesting and also just the dynamic of the game. Um, really excited for it. I do think, though, that it'll be a little bit of a, an adjustment. So, like, I'm going to take some time to find my feet, a little bit patient. So, be very much appreciated. Um, but yeah, it should be good. Awesome. No, I, I think that's totally fair. It's always it always can be daunting to come into a new group, and you're like, you know, you're the new baby in the group. You're 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 a brand you're a, a, a brand new person who's just all up in here. Um, I can fill you in on the dynamic right now. If you can make a funny joke that also spitefully annoys the DM, <laughs> make it. That's okay, not, cool. that's not wrong. Yeah. Honestly, um, that is. It's what we do in real yeah, life. It's it's honestly, it's just at the end of the day, it's really just making fun of each other. But as we've gotten older, we, you know, we stay away from like things that aren't actually funny and that are actually offensive, like, you know, like assault jokes or stuff like that. Um, but beyond that, yeah, I mean, um, the entire last episode had a lot of pee in it. Of Tfue had a lot of pee, like a lot of pee on everything I do. A lot of pee. I kept trying to hypnotize Mitch into having to pee in the middle of the game. It worked. Uh, who else? Um, I would love to hear from everybody. Like so, what, just thoughts what do we, or things you're excited about? What do we expect? Yeah, like expectations, uh, things you might be anxious about, uh, both within Call of Cthulhu, but also the production of this show, um, and things you're excited about, and things you're expecting or anticipating, or things that you would like to see or not like to see. Stuff like that. I think. Um, I think. I don't know how scared we're going to be. I think that. The instinct is most likely to 
laugh away times when we might feel uncomfortable. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to see, like, I'm really going to be impressed if we end up like based on like levels of fear. If I walk away going like, Oh man, I was really nervous for a second there. Then I, then I'm, that's how you know that you got me. That is my greatest hope. So that sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, and honestly, because I mean, even with this, it's a horror themed show, but there there are layers of comedy to it. Like that's that's how we get people through. And comedy comedy is a great way of dealing with anxieties. And we've made a very distinct effort in TFU to kind of deal with the anxieties we deal with today in 2019. I mean, the entire podcast is a critique against capitalism. So for me. Is that capitalism or the money one? The money one, Um, which, yeah. Um, (laughs) But for for me, I feel like it comes from within the anxieties I really want to tackle is the sense of loss of freedom uh, and the sense of not being in control. And I think that's where the fear will really come from. And honestly, we're all people. We're all human. And people deal with anxiety and fear in different ways. And I think handling it with humor is just one of the many ways we do that. Um, so I'm not against it at all. I think it's totally valid that you can laugh, but also be like, I'm laughing because I'm terrified or I'm joking about this because I'm so uncomfortable. And I'm down for that. I think that's amazing. Um, to call back to one of my earlier favorite games, uh, Mitch uh, had us run a Deadlands game back in the day. It was literally just Mitch as the DM and Manny and I were the only players. Uh, and we were in our second game we ever played. We were in this town where there were ghosts everywhere. And <laughs> Manny hilariously tried to throw a Bible at it, uh, rolled a nat one and the Bible flew out the window and killed the cat. That, <laughs> I that still was- blame Mitch. I did not have any useful skills. I took horse riding because it was Western <laughs> themed, and then we never ran into horses. <laughs> you also don't use religion. So. It's the, it was the it was the primitive version of the religion. These things happen. Why do These they keep happening? Happen? But it's it, <laughs> it's not on purpose. But, it, but it's it's one of those things I will say where. I mean, to be fair, we also started out going on that place with Mitch having an old lady poke me, so I pistol whipped her because of the yeah, character. Yeah, and, and Mitch made it work for the for the storyline, which was great because I thought we were screwed. Yeah. But like, that's the thing: we had all those funny things happen in those games, but I still like had nightmares that night where I was just like fixating on moments <laughs> that stuck with me, and that's kind of the vibe I want to give. I just want people to feel like, wow, that was hilarious. Also, I'm uncomfortable, so like, <laughs> that's kind of what I want to go for. Um, what else? Who else? Has he? Kev, Manny. Um, what I want to get out of it, pretty much, is to have a good time with the, everyone. You know, like uh, I've played a lot of, uh, not a lot of D and D, but I played D and D like games before. I have a friend who's really into RP, so he does not break character, and then me and my other friend John break character all the goddamn time. So he's just sitting there like, guys, it should be good. And we're just like, yeah, nah, we're not going to be in character right now. Sounds stupid. And it will mess up literally everything. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. But uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that this time. Wink, wink. Well, here's the thing. I'm excited for you to do that if you can do it and maintain your accent. Do it because if you can do that and maintain your accent, I'm down. Oh, because oh yeah, your your res- versus like Tfue where we joke and we say really dumb stuff and we clarify like did you just say that your character voice it's hilarious you're you're there you're saying that shit like 
to the ether and to the universe. And so like you can have you can have a monster or like a cult member like coming at you and then you all will suddenly start riffing and the cult member will be like, what the shit? And I find that both I find that both hilarious and also just a really interesting way of doing it like will that write us into a hole or will that like open the door for more exciting things to happen i don't know our fans were both confused and weirded out when there was an entire scene not even involving the cast of just an hour-long description of a shogun <laughs> yes yeah, exactly and there are going to be contingencies for like frozen rule rule moments uh the way i'm kind of placing crust it on the bread if there's crust on the bread parky doesn't like crust you gotta cut it off yeah and uh the way i'm kind of playing it in my head is because of course there is rolling it's kind of like you know a freaking uh isekai anime uh so like whenever you all have to make those decisions uh i'll have you roll for it uh and then whenever edmund uh has to describe some stuff it's kind of like a computer generating around you like how open world games do it whatever you're looking at is what manifests and everything behind you disappears kind of visually how i want to go about it so like that's how i'm going to justify you all being like oh this is in front of us and because edmund is describing it to you and it's manifesting as it's being described and i think that can work in a very interesting way um all right manny kev i'm really looking forward to getting more you know voice acting experience through this uh quite frankly um also this will be the first um percentile game that like where percentiles are a predominant component of it, I should say, um, RPG. So that's that's an interesting uh, difference in experience for me too. Yeah, I'm really I'm really excited for you um, because Vert is such a beloved character, and I feel like you haven't had as many opportunities to play as Vert. Um, and so I'm excited to see where being a more a much more chatty character from mm. what you're telling me, how that will translate to how you play Vert. You know, because you can still be chatty and maintain well, the deadpanness yeah, of it all. Um, I've seen a, seen a lot of British comedy. It's definitely <laughs> possible. Uh, and so I'm I'm very excited to see what direction you take yeah. that in and how that goes. Uh, what about uh, Ward Brote, the last person, Manny? I'm just looking forward to the moment a deep one is walking towards Sean Nanigan, and in a moment of madness, he just awkwardly starts flossing. <laughs> like, oh, the flossing dance. Sorry. I thought you meant like yes. he just pulls out some floss. And I was like, why would he do that? <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to do things just, too. Yeah. Either or. That'd be pretty funny. He suddenly starts <laughs> fortniting all over the place, and the monster is confused and walks away. Is- yeah. The monsters. The monster. Imagine if him saying, "I'm flossing," and then some random NPC watching is like, "You don't have yeah. floss out right now, sir." I'm going to floss with the floss. invisible just, floss in my hand. Weirdly waving. I like. Arm. I like the idea that you've hurt the monster's feelings from this. He's just like he just started <laughs> flossing. Like I'm, I'm crawling out of a shadow, like from non-existence to existence, and he's cleaning his teeth. <laughs> Am I not intimidating to you? Is there something wrong? You tell me. You know, I won't. I won't get mad. I won't get upset. <laughs> can we? Yeah. Can we? Can we sit down and talk can about this? Like, obviously, I can't sit because I don't have like a skeletal structure. But can we just talk? That's, you really hurt my feelings. I have feelings. I love it. 
Kevin's character starts doing an Irish jig, but then somebody points out he's Scottish and everything freezes. So, <laughs> so, so the biggest thing I want to mention, guys, is everything that's happening right now, I want you to maintain that energy throughout. Like, even though there's this vision I have as your DM, it, it is collective storytelling. And and it is our job to shark. Well, yeah, all but over it should vision. also be fun. You know, like don't don't be afraid to riff. Don't be afraid to do stuff. If anything ever happens that like breaks away too much, I mean, I'm also editing it, so I can. You know, there, we've for those of you listening right now, we've had some really great moments that we were not able to keep in because it didn't make sense within the context of TFU. I'm still mad about the Spocker. <laughs> we're not keeping that in. Damn it! It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. It was too. You it were was laughing too, yes, too. But it's too much. We did get to use the laughter from that, though, for another scene. And that. We did. You know, we did. it's there in spirit, Manny. It's there in spirit. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes I've had to finagle some stuff to make it make sense. Uh, in the last episode of TFU, uh, I introduced like, oh, we're going to have this big moment for Twilight. Uh, but then we decided to go with Vert's scene first. And I was like, I'm just going to move some lines around. It doesn't change at all what happened. It's still improv, but the timing feels a lot better for from an audience perspective. And so, like, you know, things like... We're going to have a mature moment of running away, except that doesn't happen because I buffed a little girl who then kicked me in Damn the face right. and ran away. So for me as your keeper, I think my biggest anxieties are I, I want to make sure you all are having fun and I want to make sure there's clarity in what I want you all to do, because uh, at the end of the day, like I as your keeper, I'm on your side. I'm not here to make you all not enjoy yourselves i'm not here to establish myself edmund is there as your god but j mark i'm not here as your god to like say it has to be my way or not um and i'm hoping that i can find an excellent balance in making sure you really enjoy yourselves and feel like you can really play in this space but also still tell a good narrative story um there will um one of the big things is uh and i i recognize that we could do a lot better about this for mitchy uh, especially in my own research as a dm is making sure that like whatever actions you guys do i'll then establish whether or not you have to roll for it um rather than saying so like in D D, i know there have been moments for you mitch where we've been like i want to roll to do this um but i feel like as a dm you're supposed to tell us if we have to roll for something or not is that you applicable to keep, D&D? you guys just keep shouting out i roll for this yeah so that's something that i want to be very mindful about um for myself in your show moving forward but also for this as well is that you guys go ahead and tell me that you just want to do things and i'll tell you whether or not you have to roll like whether or not that's necessary and i think that would work really well and also establish like how much do you have to work to like try to solve your issues like with your brain space and your things um roll constitution exactly (laughs) and that's that stuff I'm excited for. Um, I'm really nervous about giving myself so many accents to work on. I've been doing a lot of research and studying in that space. Uh, there have been some great YouTube resources. Uh, Doria has been working with me on it because she's obsessed with accent work. Um, so that's been really extremely helpful, and I'm very grateful for that. And I'm excited to see who loves the show enough to support our Patreon. Uh, the goal is to release two episodes a month but to record four episodes a set three to four episodes a session so it'd be like three to four hours every time we record but then only record uh only releasing an hour or two every month probably on the off weeks of tfu um and also uh just world building like how 
how are the things you all are going to be doing within the game going to apply directly to your trying to get your freedom? What are Edmund's goals? Is it just to play? And if so, what does that mean for all of you? Um, do I want this to end with just all of you going mad and dying? Or do I want there to be a victory at the end? Like, what are my own personal goals as the creator of this show? And I just want to say I'm really grateful to all of you for hopping on board uh, with another project. Uh, I've been working really hard to make sure you don't have as much work to do beyond character development and accent work. And I hope that I've done a good job of not putting too much on you guys because, you know, we're growing uh, and we're growing in a way that we never expected. Um, we've met our first ever fans in person who hunted us down at blurred con, which is still incredible and wild. And I'm wrapping my mind around <laughs> that way too. And, uh, and we've had people like beg us to do live shows and who want to buy merch from us and like spending money on this crazy, weird experiment we're doing. And, uh, we've cried and we've argued and we figured things out, but like we're here and we're doing it. And I'm, I'm so grateful, uh, is the word I would go for and excited and hopeful to see where this goes. And so uh, for those of you listening to this entire thing, I hope you all are as excited as we are to do this. I think we're all excited, right? Everyone's excited, maybe. Mm. I'm excited. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is exciting. So just to do a quick run through for everyone again, uh, my name is J. Mark Exento. I'm going to be playing Edmund, who is the very posh English uh, keeper and eldritch god of this world that we are all building together. And uh, yeah, I'm extremely excited for all of you to be a part of my little game. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do the, the, the intro outro type deal. Everyone just say your names and your characters and also your occupations as well, just so people are aware of that. Well, I'm Sean Nanigans and I make do. Don't really got an occupation, but anything you're not paying attention to, I think I can make do with that. Excellent. So as you can see there, Sean Nanigans is the faith and uh, is a bit of trouble, but I'm really excited for it. This is my failed attempt at trying to sound like the people who's talking. It's not bad. Can't do an Austrian. It's not bad. All right. Uh, what about uh, Hezzy there? Boy, name's Pikey. Former Navy pilot, but fuck the RAAF. I'm now Bush pilot, and I'm going to do whatever it is I want to do. Because it's my life. Right, okay. Get over it. And that's all I'm going to do about that. Until I learn the Australian accent, I'm not <laughs> even going to try to touch that. Uh, Torin, uh, uh, Manny, uh, describe yourself and uh, your occupation and all that good stuff. Crikey. Eyes is Vincent Damnus. Former shooter boy in the British Army. <laughs> okay. Eyes <laughs> be... A very large fighter. These hands, they catch a lot of the enemy. God, I love this so much. Whoa! Yes, me lord. Job done. All right. Uh, Ke work, work, work. Uh, Kevin. I'll be playing Errol McKay. I have uh, quite a few colors under my... my well, I'm a detective first. Uh, I've got quite a few colors under my, my belt. Um... Not very popular with my leadership, but you know, I'm too good for uh, for the chop. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So I'm Harry Adderley. I I suppose you could call me a con artist, and um, yeah, I'll be 
joining the group somehow. Excellent. Um, so yeah, uh, everyone, I hope you are extremely excited for It Comes From Within. Uh, we're all ecstatic and excited and anxious and afraid and all kinds of emotions. Um, I'm pseudo excited about all the editing that's going to come with it on top of TFU, but I'm going to do it and it's going to be great. And this is uh, this is our our love letter to, the audio, uh, to, to our fans out there. Um, you all have led us to a point where we feel like we can make a Patreon and we can release a show on the Patreon that you all would want to listen to uh outside of tfu and so thank you all so very much um we love you all and you are excellent and uh yeah that's it from me is as signing off right